The company behind some COVID-19 test sites in Chicago is under fire. The Illinois-based Center for COVID Control operates over 275 sites across the country. Last week, they temporarily shut down these sites to retrain and hire more staff. Now the Attorney General of Minnesota has filed a lawsuit against the firm, saying they gave incorrect test results or failed to give results to people. Kelly Bauer, breaking news editor at Block Club Chicago, has been following the story since December. Welcome back, Kelly. Hi, thank you for having me. Also with us, Todd Casso, director of the Federal Trade Commission's Midwest region. Hi, Todd. Hello, thanks for having me. I'll start with you, Kelly. Tell us how many pop-up sites does the Center for COVID Control operate here in the Chicago area? So it started out of Rolling Meadows, and it's got a ton of different pop-up sites in Chicago and in the suburbs. And then nationally, it claims to have 300 sites that it gets tests from. Where are they located throughout the country? Um, They're in tons of different states. So there's some in the city and in our suburbs, um, downstate Illinois, Colorado, Michigan, Wisconsin. I've heard of them being all over. They're all over. Uh, Well, the, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services has investigated the doctor's clinical lab, which is the Center for COVID Control Partners. uh, They partner with them. Uh, What did they investigate and what were the findings? Yes, so they investigated doctor's clinical lab, having inspectors from all over the country check out various labs, and they found a number of issues. They found out that they weren't storing tests properly. They didn't have the kind of refrigeration they needed to keep tests. Um, They also saw that Tens of thousands of tests, more than 40,000 tests, ended up being wasted because they weren't stored correctly and weren't processed on time. And that's kind of just the tip of the iceberg, is they also found a lot of other issues in the report that highlighted. Yeah, workers also weren't following proper procedures, right? Yes. So I spoke with several people who used to work with the Center for COVID Control, and they told me about a whole host of concerns that they had. They said that at their Rolling Meadows office, that um, tests would be kept in garbage bags, unrefrigerated for days at a time, that they were worried that the tests were no good by the time they were run, which means that people would have been getting false negatives, they said, Um, and that when people did call in to say, hey, I haven't gotten my test, where is it? That they were told to tell people that their results was negative or inconclusive, even if the test hadn't even been processed, um, just because, and to tell people to go test again. So give us the scope of this, Kelly. How many tests are we talking about here? This would be thousands and thousands of tests. Um, So the Center for COVID Control started in December 2020 um, and has just rapidly expanded, especially since the summer and spring. And at one point earlier in, uh, or at one point toward the end of 2021, they said that they were getting upwards of 10,000 tests per day and then by January 6th, they said that they were doing 90,000 tests per day. So it especially exploded during the Omicron surge. Todd, let, let's bring you into the conversation here. At this point, we've heard a lot about scams, right? But there, there are different kinds of scams. So can you lay out for us the different kinds that you commonly see? Sure thing. And I, and I, can't, I can't comment on the Center for COVID Control. But, um, but we do see these test site scams um, and I can talk about the various types. We, we also see, especially lately with Omicron, when there's been a shortage 
of at-home test kits in stores, uh, and people have been going online um, to buy uh, to try to buy at-home test kits. We see a lot of fake websites that are offering that sort of thing. So, so in terms of the sites themselves, um, you know, we see some of these outfits are trying to make a buck either from you or from the government um, or insurance reimbursement. Whereas others may be just after your personal information, and in many instances, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit of both. And and in either instance, they're likely to ask you for a lot of personal financial and insurance information. Um, so it may not be easy for you to distinguish um, between the two. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up personal information there, Todd, because there have been recommendations to not give out your personal information, and, and that only basic info is necessary. So can you go through some of the commonly asked for ID that, to clarify what basic means? So, so, so let me start with um, if, if, if you're, if you, if you need to get a test, um, the, the government yesterday announced the way to get at home tests for free from the government. Um, and, and the government doesn't ask for much information, really just your name and address. So you can go to a new website that just opened yesterday, covidtest.gov, and you can order up to four rapid tests that are going to be sent to your home address. And you'll get it through the U.S. Postal Service within 7 to 12 days. The tests are free. There's no shipping costs. You don't have to give a credit card or bank account number. The only thing that they want is your name or your and your address, right. um, and, your and, and sometimes your email address. Right. Um, if you want to get if you want to get updates, you can provide that. Um, so so at the um, in person sites, I mean they're they're gonna ask for your insurance information, even though they shouldn't be charging you. Some of some of them may ask for payment information. They may may ask for your birth date. Um, if you're not comfortable giving, they they might even ask for your social security number, which they do not need at all for this. So so first thing, if 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 they're asking for information that you don't feel comfortable giving them, ask them why they need it. I see. What about your your birth date and driver's license? Are those red flags? They are. They they should not need that information. Yeah. And you can you can ask them why they need it and see what sort of response they give you, but they shouldn't need that information. Kelly, let's let's go back to talking specifically about the Center for COVID Control for for just a moment. Do we have any evidence to to suggest that they're trying to use people's personal information in a malicious way? No, and in fact, the employees I've spoken to have said that out of the concerns they had, that was not a real one for them. So, so Todd, give us the warning signs then um, that could indicate to folks whether or not testing sites or businesses in general, whether they are trying to use your personal information in a nefarious way. Well, well, first, first thing you just need to be careful about um, any test site that you go to. We encourage people to check it out first. You shouldn't just trust a random site that you see around town. Um, our advice is to start with a state-sponsored testing site. And you can find these on the website of the Illinois Department of Public Health, as well as the Cook County Department of Health website and the Health and Human Services website. The, the problem is that a lot of these fake testing sites can be hard to spot. They look real. They have legitimate-looking signs, tents, hazmat suits, mm -hmm. um, and real, realistic-looking tests. So, so once you're at the site, 
ask about the exact test that's being done, um, whether it's been approved by the FDA and what lab is going to be processing the test results. And you can then search um, to confirm that the test has, in fact, been approved by the FDA um, and that the lab is properly certified. Um, you can also ask when the results are going to be available and how they're going to be communicated to you. Ask for a phone number and who you can call if you have any questions or concerns about your test. If, if you're asked to pay for the test out of pocket, that's a red flag. Um, most testing locations are going to bill insurance or seek reimbursement from the federal government rather than billing you out of pocket. Mm -hmm. if, if the location won't accept insurance, go someplace else. And if they're, if they're not following basic pandemic protocols, um, again, go someplace else. For example, if there's no social distancing, the staff at the site aren't wearing medical masks or they're not using hand sanitizer and changing their gloves between patients, and the site just generally isn't clean, yeah. um, I, would, I, would, I would head the other way. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about how to protect yourself from scams and information to keep in mind if you've gone to a pop-up COVID testing site. That was Todd Casso of the Federal Trade Commission. And we also have Kelly Bauer of Block Club Chicago with us. Kelly, as, as I mentioned in the intro, one state has moved to sue the company. So explain what the Attorney General of Minnesota is alleging in the lawsuit. Right. So we know that a number of attorney general's offices throughout the United States are investigating the company, including in Illinois. Yesterday, the big announcement was that the Minnesota attorney general's office is actually filing a lawsuit against them. Um, they're saying that the company has deceived consumers, that the company gave people fake results or falsified results, or that it never sent results, or that it sent results extremely late. Um, and they're asking that the company be that the court would rule that the company has to stop doing the actions that it's doing and also that it would have to pay for things like damages, um, $25,000 per violation they're asking for, as well as for things like uh, litigation fees, attorney fees. Let's hear a clip from Attorney General Keith Ellison explaining why he filed the suit. Issuing false results, not issuing results at all, undermines the public's trust in this crucial tool of testing. We cannot have that. So what do you think, Kelly, are the potential ramifications here of people's faith in testing and being compromised? I have heard from people that they are shaken by this, that they don't know where they can turn to for legitimate testing. We know that over the past year, and especially last summer as cases were falling before the Delta surge, that a lot of government-run testing sites were shut down. And that's when people started to rely on these pop-ups, thinking that they were, you know, President Biden said to Google it the other day, people have told me that's what they did, is they Googled, where can I get tested? And the closest place was these pop-ups. Mm. Now they're finding out that there are a lot of issues with these pop-ups, including the Center for COVID Control ones. And I've had people tell me that they don't know what to do, that they don't know if they trust the results they've gotten from pop-ups, all kinds of things. Let's talk about the money, Kelly. Explain how exactly the Center for COVID Control made money here. So the Center for COVID Control has a lab that it's associated with, Doctors Clinical Lab, and that's also being sued by the Minnesota Attorney General's Office. And it was the lab that would actually process all the tests that came in from the pop-up sites, 
And then the lab was the one that would bill people's insurance or that would seek reimbursement from the federal government. Um, so that's how it made money. But the former employees I spoke to said that a lot of the time they actually were just putting down everyone as having no insurance, meaning their test was effectively going to the government to be paid for, um, even when people did have insurance. And as of now, we know that the government has reimbursed them more than $124 million for testing and treatment. Well, speaking generally here, Todd, when there have been scams, what steps do other businesses need to take to inspire confidence? To... Just to 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 treat your customers right, um, and and yeah, this is this yeah, this is a hard one for me. Well, tell us this, Kelly. What what should folks listening watch out for? So, um, various officials have said, uh, just like was flagged earlier, that people should watch out to make sure do they feel comfortable at a pop up testing site. Are they being asked for information they think isn't needed? You know, we've heard some instances of people saying their Social Security number was asked for. You don't have to give that. Um, Mm. Officials have also said that if you have concerns, you can ask, what lab are you working with? And then you can look up that lab through the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to make sure that it is certified and it is a legitimate lab. And they've said that if the people who are working at these pop-up sites or any testing site can't answer those kinds of questions or can't make you feel comfortable, then you should just walk out and try to find another testing facility. That was Kelly Bauer, Block Club Chicago Breaking News Editor, and Todd Casso, Director of the Federal Trade Commission's Chicago office. Thank you both. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.